everybody, it's Allie, and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, December 10th, 2017. You guys, we've got to do something to save Chancellor Park! <laughs> I am calling on the power of the YNR chatters. We need to get a petition going, we need to write letters, we have to make phone calls, we need to place flyers all over town. This is a grassroots campaign to save the duck pond. <laughs> oh, we got to pull together, you guys. So a company named Alco is planning to coldly demolish the park that was built in Catherine Chancellor's honor with Catherine Chancellor's money. I believe it was a donation from, from her estate to the city. And now the city is just going to turn around and sell it, sell this donation for cold hard cash to the highest bidder so that they can turn around and develop a bunch of condos on the land. I I find it very hard to believe that there was not some kind of stipulation on that donation <laughs> that would prevent the city from selling the land, but they are. And who is the highest bidder? Who is the mysterious developer who is going to go through with this project? Well, at first, my thought was, it's Victor, right? It's always Victor. It's never not Victor. Something mysterious and terrible is going on in town. It's Victor. But then I saw the promos for JT's return that were that had started to air, I think, Thursday or Friday. And I thought to myself, well, that would be kind of great if JT came back into town as this gritty, steel-hearted real estate developer. But, you know, then again, the, uh, the it, it just like it's revealed that, of course, like, why did I question myself? Why did I go back on my instinct? It was Victor all along, of course. And like, honestly, it's also hard for me to believe that Victor would be willing to demolish Chancellor Park. It's a monument to one of his oldest and dearest friends who recently passed away. Uh, it makes no sense. They, the, 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 uh, I can't remember who it was, Nick, or somebody brought up the fact that Victor was, no, it was Sharon. He was trying to um, get rid of the coffee house and de demolishing the warehouse district downtown, and it was Dylan who had to fight against Victor uh, to save against that development. Victor was working with Joe Clark on that project, which made me think, oh, it could be JT uh, this time. But at the same time, Victor had no connection to that warehouse district. Victor has a very personal connection to Catherine Chancellor. She's the woman who brought him into town. I can't believe that he would be greenlighting a project like this. But of course, all of this is serving to create some 
major tension in the Newman family. Of course, Nick and Nikki are going to be fiercely opposing this project, whereas Victor and Victoria are going to be siding on uh, the, you know, siding with the position of capitalism and progress and commerce. So we've got these two factions forming within the Newman family that, of course, are going to tear them apart, which is mostly what they do. That's Mostly what the whole vibe of the Newmans is, tearing each other apart. Um, oh, gosh. Um, Nick and Nikki are seeing this as a disrespect to Catherine's memory. They're seeing it as, uh, you know, a, a, a totally unnecessary, uh, you know, I guess, commercialization of their town. And they are vowing to, to uh, you know, to fight with everything they have. The, the man who is responsible for paving paradise and putting up a parking lot, right? So we've got this grassroots um, uh, uh, idea, right? from from Nikki and Victor. Nikki is already completely mad at Victor, by the way. This week, we saw her confront Kevin, who's back in town, and she said, hmm, it's kind of mysterious, don't you think, that my accounts were getting hacked the last time you were in town, so what's up with that, Kevin? And she really nailed him to the wall to try to get him to confess to hacking into her emails and her bank accounts and everything. He does end up giving her a full confession, so she is on to Victor. She is probably, as she said, the only one who's on to him uh, quite fully. She knows the man better than anyone. And Nick also has been through with Victor for months now. He was a victim of, of, of the account hacking, too. So it's it's very much going to be a bonding experience probably for, for Nick and Nikki, but it's going to push further in, uh, away Victor and Victoria. And who's going to be stuck in the middle of all of this? Chelsea. Chelsea's going to be stuck right there in the middle. Um, and last week, I had asked you guys if you feel like Nick would forgive Chelsea for keeping Christian's paternity secret. 75% of you said no way Nick would never forgive Chelsea. So we're also seeing Chelsea in the middle and possibly, uh, if the wire and our chatters are correct, pulling away from Nick. Honestly, I, or peeling away from Nick, I suppose, uh, not not willingly necessarily, but I um, I think I voted that that Nick would forgive Chelsea. I was in the minority on that vote. I thought to myself, well, Nick really cares about his family above all, and he would want to try to keep them all together uh, if at all possible. But then, as as the week went on and little signs of maybe a Nick and Sharon reunion started to pop up and my mind, I thought, well, okay, probably Nick and Chelsea are not long for this world. Although they are trying to keep it together right now, there was that big drama at the end of last week with Victor's Christmas tree lighting ceremony, which was really more of a light switch flipping ceremony. <laughs> I expected something a little more like a, a grand plugging in or something of, of cords, but no, and Victor literally <laughs> brought everyone together just so he could stand there and flip the switch and turn the Christmas lights on. Uh, but it was it was beautiful, of course. The, ran the ranch was beautifully decorated, and it was nice to see everybody dressed up and there together. Uh, it, it never seems to last long, though. 
But I was getting the vibe from last week that Victor is really itching to blackmail Chelsea into helping him create a family togetherness. He has been hanging over the paternity issue, hanging it over her head for quite some time now. And Chelsea was obviously very stressed about it, but the crisis was averted fairly quickly when Nikki shows up. She uh, decides that she's going to try to help by taking Connor to the ranch herself. So it's it's the best of both worlds. And and so that, that seems like the paternity secret and the blackmail and all of that is swept under the rug a little bit for now, but with the stakes being raised over this development deal, I'm certain that Victor's going to be stepping up that blackmail game within the coming weeks. He's going to be telling Chelsea that she needs to make her boyfriend back down off of this off of this development or risk having her secret blown sky high. And I, I honestly don't know what Chelsea's gonna do. She really has to make a decision soon, right? She either has to tell Nick herself or she's gonna end up playing right into Victor's hand. And it is a really hard choice. It's easy to say, oh, Chelsea, you gotta tell him the truth, but it is really, really difficult, especially now that Nick and Chelsea and Connor and Christian have become an even tighter family than before. There was an accident this week where Christian fell off uh, at something at the playground and he had to be rushed to the hospital and it ended up being not that big of a deal, but it did result in bonding Nick and Chelsea a little bit more. It solidified their position within this family unit as mom and dad to both of those kids. The closer and closer Nick and Chelsea's family grows, the more and more it's going to hurt if they do get busted up. And I'm sure we all couldn't help but notice this week that Sharon was noticing what a great guy Nicholas is, how much he cares about this cause to save Chancellor Park. Hey, maybe Nick could become a park ranger after all this. (laughs) He is Mr. He's becoming Mr. Bubblegum good guy. And Sharon is very moved by his ambition. And she starts to perceive Scott as being ambivalent toward the issue and towards local causes. Like Scott's too big for his britches or something. He's all about these big national crimes, but he doesn't care about the things that are going on in his own backyard. And Sharon really admires that Nick is taking action in that way. And it, like the fact that Scott was not showing as much interest in Nick's cause as Sharon would have liked him to made her pretty much instantly regret her decision to move Scott into her house. It was a, a pretty good instinct that came about one day too late. I mean, at the beginning of the week, on move-in day, Scott shows up with his suitcases. It was all excitement. It was all living room sex. <laughs> I mean, they were having fun, 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 like two little bunnies. These two are sexing it up all over the place. I think Sharon is, is maybe a little dusty 
dusted, a little misted by all of the sex fumes. <laughs> the sex sparkle. <laughs> She's got that glow. It's kind of ridiculous, too, that they keep doing it so obviously all over the place. Like, Sharon's house has just become their sex pad. I mean, Mariah has caught them. Didn't she walk in on them and kind of catch them twice this week? If Mariah is so easily able to walk in on their sex parade, then what, poor Faith. What is Faith seeing and hearing at night? <laughs> Oh, yeah, Sharon, it was good of you to maybe take that down a notch and doubt yourself a little bit. But the problem with Scott is not about him not caring about local issues. The problem with Scott is the fact that he's got eyes on Abby. But I think that maybe it's, I think maybe Scott is projecting a little bit of his pent up frustration and anger over the Abby thing. And I think maybe he projected some negativity onto Nick and onto the situation. And after Sharon confronted Scott about being uh, not supportive of Nick, Scott did admit that he just feels a little jealous of Nick. He feels a little jealous of the way Sharon was admiring him. And and yet again, I can't help but feel that this is really just a projection. It's almost a way to throw Sharon off of what's really on his mind. I don't think he's doing it intentionally, but I just think Scott's got some uh, issues right now. He's got some things that maybe he's not willing to bring to the surface and confront head on. But um, this is the second time, really, that Mar that uh, Sharon has questioned the decision to move Scott in within just a day. We had the issue with Nick, and then we also had Mariah forcing Sharon a little bit to take a harmless little peek at Scott's cell phone, and Sharon sees a text that comes in from that news agency in New York saying, hey, let's set up a job interview. We're really excited about this. And Sharon's blown away by that. Actually, I think this is before he actually decided to move in, but it's still a, it's still her doubting her her decision to want him to be there or that or maybe doubting the uh, validity of their relationship. But she takes a look at that text message and she immediately is thinking, why didn't Scott tell me he has this job offer? Of course, he explains his way out of it when she asks him about it, saying, you know, I just I just hadn't had a chance to turn them down yet. But I also don't trust that that's the truth from Scott. I'm questioning Scott big time because I, I thought, well, you really could have answered that text message at any point. I think Scott was very much considering that New York job. I think that he was just waiting for something to push him in one direction or another. And Sharon asking him to move in is what ended up doing that. So I, is there a reason, Scott, that you were waiting on figuring out if you wanted to take that job? I think so. I think Scott is very much weighing his options, even if it's sort of subconsciously. Uh, I think... I think he, I think he, I think he's not sure what he wants to do. And I am a little bit shocked by him. I'm turned off of him this week and because I can't believe that Mr. Investigative Reporter 
doesn't feel at all compelled to tell Sharon about what happened with Abby before scheduling the U-Haul. I mean, I guess I can kind of maybe see him choosing to keep the secret before they moved in together. But if you're starting a new relationship and it was genuine, don't you think you would maybe want to just come clean and be like, okay, let's clean slate this. And that's not what he's doing. And the only reason I can think is because maybe he's in denial like he's maybe in denial about what his feelings for Abby are and about what he really wants and now it's almost happening again Scott and Abby had a heated argument at Newman Enterprises this week which turned into an almost kiss I mean the two of them (laughs) they got so close. I mean, they were like an inch from each other's lips and they're just like heavy breathing like, uh, 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 uh. I mean, it was like air sex or something like sex happened be- in, this, in the one inch between them. <laughs> Abby just like pouts out her lips and she's like practically drooling out of the side of her mouth and Scott was kind of licking his lips. <laughs> he was licking his lips a little bit. It was it was juicy in there. <laughs> chemistry. I am not going to lie. There is a little bit of chemistry there. Uh, but I can't, like, it's hard for me to totally get into it because of Sharon, you know? Um, I think that Scott is, he's a very intelligent guy. So I don't know why he's unable to take a step back from the whole situation and realize what he's doing. That Scott and Abby pull away from their <laughs> from their dog panting and they talk about the relationship. Abby does try to talk to him a little bit about what's going on and he just kind of shuts it down saying look uh I we're opposite you and me we can't work this cannot happen uh and and I'm committed to Sharon anyway and I am imagining that sort of like how Mariah stayed with Devon beyond the point of where she should have stayed with Devon I kind of think that maybe Scott is just trying to make the decision that he thinks is right maybe Scott is trying to force himself into a certain mold like he has experienced love and stability with Sharon and you know and her family her daughter I mean he's he's met her daughter like that's a big deal for her I think and I think that he is maybe feeling like he's gone too far down that road to back up now so that's the way he needs to keep going but he's he is such a smart guy it's hard to believe that it wouldn't occur to him that that's not fair to Sharon. I just, I mean, while I do find that there was some chemistry in that scene between Abby and Scott, I'm not sure that I'm invested in Scott and Abby getting together. Like, yeah, there's the sexual chemistry. It's been there for months. And so it's good to see that pay off. But I'm not sure. I don't know if, I'm sure you guys feel differently. But I guess I I don't care that much whether or not Abby and Scott start a relationship. I don't feel, I don't feel invested in them as a couple. Um, And, you know, I don't really feel 
all that invested in Sharon and Scott as a couple at this point. I guess, like, I'm invested in not seeing Sharon get hurt, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing her dump him at this point. He's cheating on her. He's cheating on her. Little by little, bit by bit, more and more, he's cheating on her, and he's not going to stop. At the end of Friday's show, did anybody else's episode have the Alzheimer's public service announcement that Peter Bergman Jack did uh, instead of previews for Monday's show? Like normally at the end of the episode, you get the previews for the next episode. And I didn't get that on my version. I just got the, the PSA. Uh, I had to go online to find out like what the snippet of the previews were for Monday. Monday's show, but I wonder if anybody else got that or if it was just my my TV station or my market. I don't know. But when I was going online to get those previews, I did notice that there was a Soaps in Depth article about Mal Young and his personal experience with having gone through a parent who has Alzheimer's. And I, uh, oh, my camera's not focusing. Hold on. Um, okay. Is that better? Uh, sorry, I'm unprofessional. Uh, so I was reading this article about Mal and him talking about his mother having gone through it. But the piece that I didn't know was that Mal and also the show has been working with the Alzheimer's Foundation in order to make sure that they are presenting this story in a real way. So the Alzheimer's Foundation has been very much involved and you can kind of tell that pieces of information and like education have been written into the show. For instance, Nikki stops by to see Dina <laughs> this week and she is going there to kind of swallow her pride a little bit and make nicey nice with Dina. Nikki didn't really do anything wrong by Dina, but Nikki cared enough about Jack that she wanted to sit down with Dina, apologize, and just try to talk with her, try to make a little bit of friends. And Dina was absolutely indignant toward Nikki. She was insulting as usual and she did not remember the fact that she had stabbed her. I mean, that was like gone into the mist. I mean, of course, it's kind of a great little juicy scene for soap opera lovers. I thought that the dialogue between Nikki and Dina was a little bit like of a of a, a guilty pleasure to watch. I do like seeing Dina just being so catty, but at the same time, it was so indignant. And Tina's, she's that way toward everybody. We had a scene where she like saw that Hillary was coming onto the property and she called security and said there was an intruder. I mean, it's, 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 it, Dina has a mind of her own and it is a little crotchety sometimes, but 
Jack later apologizes to Nikki. I mean, it, it was crazy the way Dina even said to or Nikki was trying to relate to Dina, saying, I understand what it's like to have a disease that you can't control. And I have MS. I don't know if you know that. And she, you know, she was trying to connect with Dina. And uh, Dina was said, how, how dare you try to take to make this all about you? You know, don't take a just take away my spotlight. (laughs) There was just something kind of um, bold about that that I liked. But Jack later apologizes to Nikki, knowing that Nikki had the best of intentions. And he says that there is a very known element to Alzheimer's called sundown syndrome. And apparently the the symptoms of Alzheimer's get worse as the evening goes on. And that makes so much sense. I have to tell you that I, I mean, like I went through that with my daughter. What do they call, they call it uh, the witching hour or something. It's like as soon as the sun goes down, man, it is like, shoot, I guess because everybody, you know, they, you get tired and all of that and you're just, your body's not as able to cope or something. But but you could tell that there are little hints of YNR trying to educate its viewers with, with information through this story. And, and I hope that this storyline is helping some people. I hope some people are maybe coming to realize that these are potentially symptoms that their loved one has. And, you know, hopefully they're, they're, they're doing some good with this too. It seems like it. Um, Nikki's whole gesture was really more meaningful to Jack and probably more directed at Jack than it was to Dina. But I did think it was interesting that Jack pretty much acknowledged that even though, uh, you know, their relationship is over and even though Nikki is on the surface um, mad at Victor, her path is probably heading back to Victor, whether she knows it or acknowledges it or not. Jack's path is on the way back to Jabot. This week, Jack ends up going back to work and letting Ashley take care of Dina for a day. And it's interesting that this week we had Ashley having a similar experience to what Jack went through last week with decorating the house and the ornament and going through the phases and the emotions of connecting with Dina and then disconnecting with her. Uh, Ashley and Dina decided to go out and have a wonderful day. They're at Chancellor Park having coffee. They're clinking cups. They're ice skating, which is so hard, even in the best of shape. I went ice skating when I was probably at my tip-top shape, and it is so hard. It takes an incredible amount of, like, upper and lower body strength just to stand up straight in those skates, and I cannot imagine little Dina Mergeron <laughs> doing that, but all right. They had a wonderful time, though, and they bonded, and it they were unearthing old memories while making new ones, and Dina had this great way of melting Ashley. I mean, remember a month ago, Dina was accidentally saying Ashley's paternity secret in front of a room full of people, and Ashley didn't know if she was ever going to be able to forgive Dina, and now here they are 
just being mother and daughter and Dina was complimenting and pumping up Ashley and telling her how strong she is and how resolute she is and I think that Ashley felt really good as a result of you know Dina's attention and just talking and it just really felt like a normal mother-daughter positive relationship but by the time they got home to the Abbott house Dina didn't really remember any of it. It's 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 so exactly like what happened last week with Jack. You create these new memories and then they're just like gone in a flash, you know? I mean, it, I I I like the idea that it's never too late to create the new memories, but when only one person is going to be able to hold on to them, it's just it's just so hard. Um it makes me worry I think that the speed with which Dina's disease is progressing, it is making me worry that she is going to be on her way to a nursing home sooner rather than later. In fact, Ashley and Abby were having a conversation about that this past week, and Ashley even suggested it. I think this was maybe before they had their nice day, but Ashley did say that maybe it would be better to send... Uh, Dina to a nursing home and Abby who is not the one even dealing with this she's had minimal contact with Dina is like no 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 we can't do that uh, we have to keep Dina at home this is where she's comfortable but you know Abby was saying it's manageable we have to it's manageable right now we can deal with it but is it is it really manageable? Because Dina's really kind of slipping off the rails here. We had the incidents last week with Jack, then with Ashley, and then, I mean, for crying out loud, she goes to Jabot and goes into the lab and is, like, gathering up little samples of perfume, trying to keep Jabot's secrets a secret. I mean, it, it's it's heartbreaking to watch her. But it's and it's it's not manageable. She's committed two crimes. I mean, take all of the family stuff off of the table. She burnt down a building. She stabbed a woman. It's not manageable. So I I really can't see that Weiner is gonna let it continue along this path. I frankly I I find it difficult to believe that the Alzheimer's Foundation was like, yeah, you should totally do a storyline where this uh, Alzheimer's patient burns down a building. That's normal. Normal. I find it hard to believe that, that the stabbing and all of that was sanctioned. I, I don't know. It just seems a little, I mean, just looking back on it still to me, that seems a little disrespectful. But at the same time, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I think that this cannot go on. I absolutely think that it's, it's, it's Dina's on her way out. I mean, so far neither Jack or Ashley have really been able to successfully balance her caregiving with running the company. I mean, the, the situation with Dina in a lot of ways is tearing apart the company. It's tearing apart the family. It's tearing apart Jack and Ashley's relationship. And the result of all of this is just Dina feeling like she's being babysat. You know, and that's not good for her. That's not positive for her. Jack brings her to work, sticks her with Gloria, like, here, watch my mother. That's weird. You know, that, is, that also doesn't feel totally respectful. I would think that you would want to put her in a place where she's not going to stab somebody or burn something down or, or I don't know. I mean, think of all the things she could have hurt herself on in the lab. I don't know. I'm getting into the weeds here. But um, it's, it's, it's really created some problems within the family. 
unfortunately, no one's coming out well. Uh, there was a showdown at Jabot this week. Ashley is trying really hard to run this company, but she feels that Jack is undermining her authority, that at every turn around the corner, she's trying to make decisions and Jack is either reversing them or trying to, you know, just make other calls. Like he's not really allowing her to do her job in her opinion. And so she calls this emergency board meeting of everybody but Jack, which I'm not going to lie, that is a little bit shady. I mean, I would think that if Ashley really wanted to face this issue, she could should have taken the time to call the entire board and really had a discussion about it, but it really did seem like Ashley was just fed up. She wanted to make a power play. Jack found out about it vis-a-vis Gloria, ends up showing up at the meeting. It's really awkward for everybody to watch this family drama playing out at a business, and it ended up with Jack and Ashley having this confrontation that got really, really ugly, really fast. It didn't even take very long before Jack and Ashley are at each other's throats. I mean, Jack is like, you are running, you know, you're not the head of this company. I'm the head of this company. I'm John Abbott's son. You're not even John Abbott's daughter. He's not even your father. I'm the real Abbott. I mean, it was like, I couldn't even believe that the words were coming out of Jack's mouth after all of these years of him supporting her. And now he's throwing her paternity in her face. It was horrible. I mean, like, I I, I can understand him being upset with Ashley, of course, but I just, I was very shocked to see him say those things to her. It, she looked like <laughs> it knocked the breath right out of her. I mean, her brother can be her greatest enemy, but he can also be her very best friend in the world. And to have someone take your biggest weakness and just toss it at you as if it was a weapon, I just, I, I, I could feel that her whole body just kind of knocked back and she just took a moment and then she started throwing right back at him saying, you know, you're Jack Abbott's son. Well, remember how you decided to take Jabot public, which caused our father to lose this company when Victor bought shares? You remember how you screwed this company up? I, I'm more like John Abbott than you ever were. I would never have made that decision. I'm capable of embodying the qualities that John Abbott has as a person and as a business. Uh, it was just, it was incredible to see the way that these two started going at it just like, bam. I mean, it, it was one of those things, too, where Jack regretted it immediately. As soon as Ashley left the room, he felt really, really bad. And yet, at the same time, I don't think that he is going to back down. I don't think either of them are, are going to back down. He he decided, you know what, if this is going to cause so much pro- problem, I'm regaining 
my CEO position. You know what, Ashley, you can just go deal with Dina. You, you, you have fun, have fun dealing with her. It's, it's really, I don't know if Ashley's out of a job now. I don't think so. I think she still works at Jabot, but she's, she had her one week stint as CEO and now uh, it's, it's over. And the battle lines are drawn more than anything. I think we are going to see Jabot developing into a war zone and it's leaving both the family members and the employees all trapped in the middle. Victoria lures Ravi (laughs) to her office with this come get a free drink at top of the tower text. Uh, And then (laughs) she offers him a whole lot more than just a free drink. She tosses a contract down in front of him and says, we'd love to have you here at Newman Enterprises. And it's really perfect timing on Victoria's part because this seed of doubt is forming in Ravi's mind. I think he's starting to think that maybe being at Chabot, maybe being around Ashley is not healthy for him. He turns Victoria down initially saying that he is loyal to Ashley, but it's clear that the idea planted itself in his head. He ends up uh, going to the top of the tower to actually get his drink and Phyllis is there. She tries to talk him through, give him some advice on dealing with Ashley and she tells him, you need to just remove the power structure. Stop being an underling. In in At work, yes, you are her subordinate, but when it comes to your relationship, you need to just be a man. And he takes that advice a little bit. He, try, he tries it. He calls Ashley to see if she wants to have dinner and she, you know, blows him off a little bit and just like she, it's, it's, it's whenever he has an idea, she doesn't take it. It's always going to be her way. If she just wants to get Chinese at work and keep working, Chinese food at work and, and keep keep going on her project, then that's the way it's going to be. It's kind of Ashley's way or the highway, and Ravi's needs, desires aren't really mattering to her. So when Ashley shuts him down, he sucks down half a martini, calls Victoria, and accepts her job offer. Do you think he's going to really go through with it, though? Because the preview that I read uh, on for Monday's show have uh, Ash- Ravi telling Ashley that he's leaving and Ashley saying, you're leaving me? So I wonder if she's going to be able to talk him out of it. Uh, oh, I, I, I just kind of wonder if this is his way, though, of making a play. Like, maybe Ravi is taking Phyllis's advice to remove the power structure by removing his employment. Maybe if he's, if all things are equal and he can be employed at another company and possibly have the relationship with Ashley, then the power is is not an issue. He can just be a man. He doesn't have to be your employee at all. I'm kind of guessing that's that's where it's headed. It's pretty good advice, I think, uh, on Phyllis's part, um, although unwittingly. 
I think that uh, Phyllis over there is becoming an expert on on relationships and play. And uh, Billy and Phyllis were playing hooky this week. Uh, Billy is begging Ashley to borrow the private jet so that they can jet off to New York. And Phyllis is calling Lauren and pretending oh, oh, oh she's sick. And they're just having a good old time. It was really cute to see Billy giving Phyllis a gift of a Philly, <laughs> a Philly gift. That was a nice little twist. I liked that quite a bit. Uh, she was a little puzzled at first that he was giving her a horse, but uh, it's a Philly. I liked it. It's. I think that the the new writer does maybe like Billy and Phyllis together because they're giving us lots of charm right now. It's fun. It's fun to see Phyllis and Billy back together. It's fun to see them loose. I love their banter. I mean, these this, these two characters work very well for me. I'm a Philly fan. Uh, although I will say uh, there, I my interest was a little peaked when Billy was begging Ashley to use the private jet, and she was saying, you know, why don't you stop playing and actually come back to work? You belong at Jabot. I mean, that is something. That's an offer that Jack never would have extended. That and and it's an offer that honestly John would have extended. John would not have wanted this discord between the children. So in that way, I do think that Ashley was acting in a way that John would have acted. So I was happy to see her invite him back to the company. I wish he would take the offer. Billy is an abbot. And knowing that this war is going to be going down at Jabot, I think that Billy could inject some much needed humor and levity into that situation. Should YNR keep Tessa on the show? That's our poll question for the week. YRChat.com. I want to know if you want to continue to see the character of Tessa. Last week, we talked a little bit about where her character is headed. If YNR has painted her into a corner when it comes to not having a relationship with Mariah, but not really being rootable for a relationship with Noah. And I keep getting these hints that YNR is ready to make a decision about her, but I don't know what it's going to be. And I want to know what you want that decision to be. Do you want to continue to see her story? Do you find her trustworthy? Do you find her likable? Are you guys into Tessa? Because I... I feel like I'm turning on her a little bit. Maybe it's just, like, I never, I always seem to turn on the singers. I don't know why. I, mean, I think after a certain point, I'm annoyed by all of the musical breaks on the show. <laughs> but I just, I'm finding it difficult to trust Tessa because she'll do something good that makes me think she's legit, but then it'll be followed by two or three little things that make me think she's shady. First of all, I didn't like the way she was blowing off Nikki when she was at Nick and Chelsea's apartment. Like, Nikki wanted to talk to her. They have things to discuss. This whole gun issue is something that Tessa dragged the Newmans into, and she wants to talk to Tessa about it, and Tessa's like, yeah, 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 I don't really have time, gotta go to a party. I didn't like that attitude. Then when they get to the party, the Christmas tree lighting ceremony... Victor gives Noah the heads up about Tessa's thievery, and as predicted, Noah forgives her with relative ease, but did anyone else find it a little bit unsettling with, like, how Tessa 
took Noah's questions about this very big deal. She stole something from his grandparents. She stole it. She broke into their safe and stole something. (laughs) And Tessa took Noah's concerns and she turned it around and made it all about herself as if she was the victim really, really quickly. Like Noah was comforting her in seconds where she made a mistake. She did something bad and she made him apologize to her about it. It just something about it was it was just really unsettling to me. And I think that Victor needs to have her investigated. Victor needs to have Tessa investigated by a different team than the ones who investigated Zach. Because <laughs> I keep thinking that there's just more, more, more to this girl's story. Like something bad is going to pop up. Like she's a con artist or something. Now, on the positive side... Uh, Victor did offer Tessa $100,000 to just get out of town, which, to her credit, she refuses. She does not take Victor's bribe money. It's like one of Victor's favorite little tricks to get someone out of his life. And Tessa did the right thing. I want to give her credit for that. So, score one trust point there. (laughs) But... Paul brings her back downtown for questioning. She's in big trouble because she stole a firearm that was used in a crime. And Paul decides to offer Tessa immunity from any charges in exchange for information that would connect Victor to the whole sex ring. He wants Tessa to like go undercover and wear a wire and try to get info on Victor like he's the kingpin like like I know Victor's bad he's bad he does a lot of bad things but is he really the kingpin of of a prostitution ring does Victor I don't know human trafficking doesn't really seem like his style he's done a lot of bad things but it's just a little shocking to me that they're that convinced that Victor's the one behind it when there's uh, zero evidence zero reason to really believe it but yet Paul offers Tessa this immunity deal and when she refuses Again, score one trust point for her. She says, no, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do that. I don't think Victor's involved and I don't have anything. I don't know anything. She gets arrested. Okay. She takes one for the team score. I guess that's score two (laughs) in in Tessa's favor. Uh, But then this really bugged me. Tessa confronts Nikki in the park. She's out on bail. So she goes out of her way to find Nikki and lets her know, wants to make sure that Nikki knows that Tessa turned down this immunity deal and that she suffered for it. She says to Nikki, you know, I didn't turn in Victor. I didn't turn in your precious Victor. I want you to know that. And furthermore, I also didn't tell Noah that his grandmother was the one who told Victor, which ended up getting me arrested. So just so you know, Nikki, you and Victor, you both are going to owe me a favor. The nerve, the nerve of her (laughs) to steal from them, (laughs) rope them into a horrifying investigation, and then to turn around and say that they owe her? Tessa got herself into this mess by stealing a firearm that didn't belong to her. And it was further 
furthermore, careless and unprofessional of her to jeopardize her career by getting arrested and bringing a scandal onto Devon's label. This is Tessa. This is all Tessa's doing, and yet she turns around and somehow makes herself the quiet, mousy artist victim. I don't know why I'm turning on her, but I am. <laughs> I don't trust her at all. I want to know if I'm the if I'm the only one here. Just that really bugged me the way she said to Nikki, "Yeah, and you owe me a favor, a favor." <sighs> well, Hillary gets a tip uh, that Tessa was hauled into the police station. So this is a little juicy tidbit that Hillary gets, and she d- doesn't hesitate at all to announce it live on the air during an interview with Devon, where Devon is basically saving her butt because she had nothing, no other material to go live with. So Devon graciously like h- helps Hillary out sitting in the interview chair live. Hillary gets this little scoop during the interview and just decides to blow up Tessa's spot. Like, I, Hillary, I don't get you. I struggle to understand. She's literally singing Devon's praises, telling him how smart and successful he is, and just, you know, understanding the music industry, understanding his business, like, really showing that she cares about him, like, really complimenting him, and then the next second, she's destroying his prized artist. She could have been destroying his label. It doesn't take much. And she just announces that on live TV. I really, Tessa is no worse than Hillary, yet Hillary somehow pulls it off for me. Like week after week, I make excuses for Hillary. Week after week, Hillary does something and then and then I forgive her for it. I mean, she had a turnaround last week when she had her naked pictures exposed and she said, I'm not going to do anything salacious ever again. That lasted, what, two days? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's Hillary just has staying power on the show. That's what it is. I even though I don't agree with the things Hillary does, I still find her a fascinating character. And I'm not sure I feel that way about Tessa. I'm not sure Tessa has that same staying power that I'm looking for. But Hillary, she pulls it off. And and I just want to side note say that after seeing Hillary go to the hospital with uh, Sam, she was visiting Kane in the hospital and she saw his little baby and held him and there was this really cute moment where she, it's like babies are her kryptonite, you know, like she's this really hard, cold uh, woman and then all of a sudden she gets a baby and she just melts. I just want to note that Hillary will be pregnant by spring. No doubt in my mind after watching that and after watching the way she was connecting with Devon during the week, they're going to have a baby. (laughs) Just note it. Um, She's going to continue to exhaust us all. I think Hillary will. She she since she kind of screwed over Devon, she she justifies it, saying, well, somebody was going to break the story, so it might as well have been me. But she suggests a solution to the problem to Devon, uh, which is a follow up in her interview with Tessa. 
So Devon agrees to it, lets Tessa go on the Hillary hour, but Tessa doesn't really know what she's walking into. Uh, Devon knows, he has, you know, this inside information that Tessa doesn't know, that ever since Hillary announced this, uh, her, her arrest on TV, sales of her songs are up. So Devon sends her into this interview and Hillary kind of blindsides her with questions about it. And Tessa is a little bit thrown back because she had had a conversation with Mariah, who's also on the interview. And Tessa had asked Mariah to help shield her from these questions. Tessa didn't really want to talk about it, but Hillary is persistent. And immediately after the interview is over, Tessa turns around and accuses Mariah of helping Hillary get all of this ammunition on her. It didn't. Mariah didn't have anything to do with it. It was Devon. Devon was trying to take Tessa's lemons, turn it into lemonade, help her career. Devon was trying to help turn something Tessa did bad, or getting arrested, and and help her with her career. And, 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 and Tessa just really turned around and immediately jumped on Mariah about it. Just the, the lack of understanding and the lack of trust in Mariah at all really turned me off. Mariah has done everything that Tessa has asked of her. And not only does Tessa want more, but she assumes that Mariah has betrayed her without a second thought. Tessa's just always the victim here, isn't she? I'm seeing a pattern. And does anybody else think it was a little cruel that the minute Tessa walked into that interview and saw Mariah, the very first thing that Tessa said to her was, hi, you look amazing. Isn't that a weird thing to say to someone who you know has like, not just a crush on you, but like is in love with you? Isn't that a little bit cruel? Like, it kind of makes me think that maybe Tessa was leading Mariah on all along. Why would you say that? Why, if you know that the girl has feelings for you, then why would you feed false hope by commenting on how good she looks? When there are a million other things that Tessa could have said to Mariah, like, hey, how's it going? How are you? Charlie's really stepping it up and becoming a nice young man, isn't he? He has like total support for his father and for his little brother now, this little baby who's fighting for his life. Uh, it's interesting that Maddie has always seemed to be the sensitive and supportive one, and she has become more a little more cold like she's struggling with the reality that her father has this baby and is going through this whereas Charlie is trying to bond the family together and he's being really understanding uh, I just I love it I love that Charlie is really understanding that that baby is his brother and wanting to be with Kane and the baby at Christmas Maddie did end up coming around she ended up donating blood uh, for Sam that's used in the service surgery that was very, very successful this week. So Sam is, I think, pretty much had a miracle turnaround. <laughs> Everything's fine. Surgery is great. Baby's going to be out of the hospital. I'm sure he's going to be bringing, uh, bringing the baby home to the Chancellor place very soon. And it's hard for Lily. I know that Lily is happy. 
obviously, that the baby is doing well, but this is still something that's difficult for her. She, uh, it, you know, loves the baby, still loves Cain, but she's also kind of grappling with, does this change anything in terms of their relationship? Juliet's gone. Cain's alone with this baby. Does this change how she feels about the divorce? So I, I wonder if Lily is going to decide to not go through with the divorce very soon, let Cain move in. I mean, it has to, right? She's going to let him move back in. He can't just stay at the Chancellor Mansion with Esther forever, right? I, I kind of am thinking that what's going to happen next, this is just an off-the-wall prediction, but I just kind of have a feeling that Cain is going to want to name a godmother for the baby, and I kind of think maybe he's going to ask Lily to do it. Or, dark horse idea, maybe he'll ask Hillary to do it instead. Are you ready to be dazzled and amazed? <laughs> Last week, Jack said that line to Dina as he was having his sad, sad tree lighting ceremony. <laughs> Eight of you guessed that it was Jack who said that line. So congratulations, Lynn, Heather, Nancy, Jamie, Aaron, Henry, Ellen, and Diana. Very well done. I kind of liked this one, this line for this week. Um, I don't know. I don't know why this one caught me, but I'm going to go slay some dragons. <laughs> Who on earth this week was going to go slay some dragons? If you think you know, you can go to yrchat.com and leave me your guess. If you get it right, I will give you your shout out on next week's YNR Chat. All right, let's get to your comments. Ambreen left me a message on Facebook with a suggestion for a Who Said It quote. So we'll give you a little bonus one here. Uh, wow, you little vixen. <laughs> who said that? Uh, Ambreen says it was Billy who said that to Ashley this week. I just love the way he said it. Jason Thompson's charisma is just off the charts. He's one of my favorites. I agree, Ambreen. I am a Big, big Jason Thompson fan, and those were not, uh, those were big shoes to fill. And I like, uh, I like getting suggestions for who said it. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear that one, or I would, I would have used it. Uh, I, I'm like, if I, I gotta hear the quote. I gotta know that that's what it is, or I'm gonna have a dozen people <laughs> telling me uh, that I'm wrong. And I, uh, I, I never would have guessed that that was Billy saying to Ashley, "Wow, you little vixen," because it sounds almost like a sexual thing. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's cute. Um, if anybody else has suggestions for who said it, feel, feel free to send them in. Um, I just usually write down little quotes as I'm watching the show throughout the week. So if you got, if you notice one that I noticed, uh, let me know. That could tip me over the edge. Um, Daisy on Facebook says, at this point, I could see Jack and Ashley ending up in court over who should be CEO. And I could also see Jack announcing in court that John Abbott was not Ashley's father. Do you guys think it's going to go that far? I mean, is is we had the board meeting and then Jack just decided to pull his power play and, and take over. And I don't know if that just wiped away Ashley's attempted coup or not. So I'm not sure. How, I, I, do you think it would really go to a legal battle? Oh, my goodness. I'm not sure. 
Uh, Ellen left me a comment at yrchat.com. Um, I was talking a little bit last week about people questioning Ashley's authority and her ability to make decisions, um, especially Gloria. And Ellen says, I'm not sure if it's fair to call Gloria a secretary. I believe she's some kind of an assistant. That's more than secretarial responsibility. She's been a high-level executive in the past, and Jack had asked her to sit in on meetings and keep him up to date. I'm amazed that she's still so loyal to him. I think she would love to be his sweetheart. Maybe it will happen now that Jack weirdly dumped Nikki. I liked the Jack and Gloria combo. Fun and different and will drive everyone nuts. (laughs) I do too. I do too. Maybe with Nikki kind of going back to Victor, Maybe that's exactly what's going to happen. Maybe Gloria and Jack are actually going to have a shot. I would really like that. Not going to lie. I would really like to see more Jack and Gloria. But Gloria's kind of waiting in the wings and waving at Jack the way Ravi is waiting in the wings and waving at Ashley. I don't I don't know. I think I, I agree. I didn't mean any disrespect um, to Gloria by any means, by the way. I do love her. Okay, Rose at YRChat.com had a totally different take on the eruption that happened at Jabot than than I did. So this is a good one um, to put out there. Rose says, Ashley is horrible. It took her about 48 hours of being named acting CEO for her to start undermining Jack, criticizing him to everyone, and trying to push him out of the company. Jack took a leave of absence to care for their mother, and Ashley immediately used that as an opportunity to make a power play. Then she asks self-righteous, oh sorry, she acts self-righteous about being the one who cares about what's best for Jabot. Also, even before her direct power play against Jack, the way she'd been speaking to the employees at Jabot all week was hard to watch. Honestly, she's the worst villain on the show right now, and that's uh, an accomplishment given how hard Victor and Victoria are working to keep up those titles. I'm glad Ravi's going to Newman. Run, Ravi, run! <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know, that's why it's like all about perspective because I was watching all those scenes last week thinking, give Ashley a, a chance to do her darn job. And here Rose just like had a totally different uh, um, take on the whole thing. That's fantastic. That's why I love getting your comments. There's no like opposing view that's not welcome. So please, please keep, I like it when you guys uh, disagree and, and present a different side. That's great. Um, Diana at YRChat.com says, did anyone notice how Victoria moved very close to Ravi when she said that she was very interested in having him work for Jabot? I think YNR is headed toward a Ravi and Victoria pairing. Um, you know what? If we think back on it, YNR did do some testing of Ravi and Victoria back a, like a couple months ago. They were having drinks at the bar or something. So, so it is possible that they're moving in that direction. It's a good sign for Ravi fans that maybe he is going to be staying around. I think I, I think that what he is thinking is I'm going to quit Jabot because I care more about the relationship with Ashley. If the if if me being her subordinate at Jabot is getting in the way of us actually pursuing a, a relationship, then that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go work for Victoria. And if the relationship doesn't work out, he hasn't lost anything really. And he could certainly get involved uh, with Victoria. I also kind of like the, uh, the idea that Victoria and Ashley fighting over Ravi could create more of a, a rivalry between those two. See, that's another reason why I really wanted to see Ashley at the head 
head of Jabot because I like the idea of having these two leading ladies at the head of their respective companies and going. I just think that would be that's a cool dynamic that we haven't really seen before. We always see the two guys fighting over the company and to be on top, and it, I think it's would be kind of cool to see two women doing the same thing, a little bit different. How do, how do women express that? How do you know what do women do in order to come out on top? I just think there's a lot of potential interest there. Oh, lots of comments about Nick this week. James at YRChat.com says, is there a future in politics for Nick, mayor of Genoa City? He has nothing else going on to occupy his time since the underground burned down, and he's taken a passionate interest in preserving Chancellor Park, and it would, of course, create some interesting storylines with him and Victor. You know, I kind of, for some reason, I've really perked up at the idea of Nick as, as the mayor of Genoa City. That would be kind of fantastic, right? There's no, We don't have a mayor in Genoa City that we know of. I could totally see Nick running for public office, can't you? I love that. Gosh, I wish Weiner would take that note because we were talking a couple of uh, weeks ago about what the future is going to hold for Nick. He doesn't he didn't really have a purpose. And I just think that would be so fantastic. What if Nick became the mayor of Genoa City, get Noah working in a legal capacity? I love it. That would really turn the show on its head a little bit. Give us something different. You know, I'm kind of getting tired of Nick and Victor being at each other. So I'm kind of getting tired of the Newmans being at each other's throats all the time. Something a little fresh, a little twist would be nice. Um, Daisy on Facebook uh, in defense of Victoria here says, I think Nick could have broached the situation better uh, rather than lashing out at Victoria. After all, she loved Catherine too. And I don't think that Catherine would mind homes being created in the park. Hopefully some low income ones too. Her legacy would not go away no matter where her memorial site is. So that is interesting. Yes, um, Nick confronted Victoria. I don't even think I talked about that. But he really got up in her face as soon as he found out that she, that Victor and Newman Enterprises were the ones behind it. Now Victoria said, hey, I wasn't the one that initiated the idea, but my job is to create more jobs. My job is to make sure that the families that are employed by Newman Enterprises continue to have an income. This is what I do. This is what our company does. Do you understand, Nick, that this is what our legacy is? We run a business here, not a charity. So um, Nick Nick really was hard on Victoria. He marched right into her office saying, you know, is all you're trying to prove here that you're just like dad? I mean, he really let her have it. Um, I think that was, a, 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 it probably is a, a long time uh, coming as far as the fans maybe wanted to see, because Victoria has been a little cold-hearted since she took on the position. But I think you make a very good point that it, that Victoria's position is not illegitimate. You know, she does have a point of view. I think Victor and Victoria do have an argument on their side. Um, I just, I would, I'm going to have to side with Nick, just purely emotionally. <laughs> I do like Chancellor Park. <laughs> oh, Okay. Consuela at YRChat.com says, JT's arrival might not just be about visiting Reed, but I also think that maybe it couldn't be, uh, maybe it, maybe it couldn't be if JT is still married to Mackenzie. Sorry, I'm reading this bad. Um, 
it could be that JT's in town um, if he's still married to Mackenzie because Catherine Chancellor was her grandmother. And I'm sure that that park means a lot to Mac uh, because it's named after her grandmother. I would love to see Mac and JT back. I really, I wish they'd get the original Ashley Bishonium. I don't know how you say her last name, but I wish she'd come back. I think we're going to see a very different JT just from looking at the pr the promos. He's he's gritty. He's going to be, he's, he's, he's a mature JT. This is not glow by Jabot. This is not swim trunks, okay? This is going to be a gritty JT. You make a good point that it could have something to do with that development. That seems like a new story arc. It cannot be a coincidence that they were playing that they're playing the promos for him now. Uh, and uh, and I think that it's possible that he could somehow come in and have some kind of role in that. I wonder if they're going to say that he is broken up with Mac or that they're having some problems. Because uh, as far as I know, there hasn't been any rumor of her returning to the show. Oh, lots of comments, too, about our poll last week and Nick and Chelsea's relationship. Sandra at YRChat.com says, It is so wrong of Chelsea to have kept the secret about Christian's paternity in the first place. The pain and betrayal is sure to feel... Uh, is the pain and betrayal Nick is sure to feel once Christian's paternity is revealed will no doubt be epic. Nick's world as he knows it is going to come to an end and knowing that Chelsea was part of the lie I think will be too much for Nick to forgive. I think I, if it weren't for the fact that I think that Nick and Sharon are going to get back together and that that seems like the writing on the wall, then I I, I think that I would uh, say that Nick could forgive Chelsea. I know it's going to be hard for him, but I just think that the alternative and the custody battle and all that stuff would be hard too. But the fact that it seems like Nick and Sharon are going to get back together, you probably are right, and that makes sense, that he's just going to feel, you know, just that she's part of it. Not just that she lied, but that she's an ongoing going part of the lie may be too much for him. Um, Mary Ann at YRChat.com says the interesting future story would be a custody battle between Victor and Chelsea or Nick, uh, Victor and Chelsea or Nick. So some scenarios from Marianne. Number one, Victor files for custody with Nikki and maybe Nick's help in order to keep Christian in Genoa City. Number two, Chelsea files for custody and wins and leaves Genoa City because she's burned bridges with most of Genoa City and has no ties remaining. Or number three, Nick files for custody on his own against Chelsea, but is helped by Victor and Nikki, leading to a reunion of and with the Newman family. Yeah, I just wonder. If the, if the secret comes out, we are going to have to deal with the custody issue. I just don't know if Wy if Wyanar is planning that or what. Yeah, unless Chelsea, do you think Chelsea, okay, so if the secret comes out, do you think Chelsea would fight for custody? Or would she just let Nick raise Christian? I don't know. I really don't know. Marion at YRChat.com has a comment here about Lily and Kane. This is interesting. This is an interesting theory. Marion says, the blood that Lily gave was more efficient than Kane's. And it got me thinking, what if in a really far-fetched, soap-like way, it was revealed that Sam's biological mother was Lily? I don't know how Juliet would have gone pulling that one off, but it certainly would redeem her in my eyes, and it would be really sweet for the Ashby family, wouldn't it? And then Julie here on the website says, OMG, what if Lily froze her eggs when she had cancer, and Juliet stole the eggs and stole Cain's sperm that fateful night and did it in vitro? <laughs> I don't know if we would, how would we even find that out though? There'd have to be like DNA testing. The thing that came up that I thought and that I saw as a comment 
uh, about the like a paternity twist would be why you know why is it exactly that Cain's blood wasn't a match but Lily's was? Um, some people thought that maybe Cain wasn't the father at all if if Cain's blood wasn't a match. But I don't I don't know. I kind of think YNR is just gonna like quiet quiet. They didn't want to deal with Juliet. That's why they killed her. So I kind of think they're just going to let Lily and Kane right off into the sunset and probably reunite at the end of the day. Um, Tina Cole at YRChat.com says, I'm confused about Scott's behavior. Who tells Abby, I want to sleep with you again? <laughs> I'm thinking about the things that happened in the storage unit. But then I also want to be with Sharon. And then I'm almost kissing Abby. Uh, Tina Cole says, I was going back and forth just trying to keep up with where his head is at. <laughs> I think his head is below the belt. I really do. I think he's thinking about Abby. I think he he's trying to reconcile what he thought he wanted with now what he is naughtily wanting. But he needs to like bring this to the forefront of his mind, actually address it, and stop stringing Sharon along, and stop cheating on her. Stop kissing Abby. Stop coming within an inch of Abby. Quit your job at Newman if you need to. Find a way to put distance between you and Abby. If you really cared about the relationship with Sharon, he'd stay away from Abby. But instead, he's finding all of these excuses to be nearer to Abby. Did he need to come to the office to watch Tessa's interview on TV live? No, he chose to. He chose to leave Sharon to do it. He was choosing to be with Abby to rewrite her speech and to do this and that all last week. So it's it's he it's he he doesn't know what he's doing. I really don't think. Uh, I think I think he's just thinking south of the border. <laughs> oh, Anna left me a voicemail and says, I wonder what Tessa is going to try to collect when she said that Nikki and Victor owe her one. Makes me suspicious of her, Anna says. Me too! I'm really glad I'm not the only one, because I really, I keep thinking, everybody probably loves Tessa, and I'm the only one that's being weird about it, but what did that mean? Good point, Anna. What, what does Tessa want from Nikki and Victor? Is there going to be another blackmail situation going on there or something? It's, it's, why not? I just feel like they would not be having her say things like that if it was cut and dry, she's a good girl. I feel like they're building toward little hints. They're tipping us off that Tessa's going to turn out to be a bad girl. And sometimes a bad girl has some staying power on the show. But in Tessa's case, I don't know. I just don't, I'm not feeling it. Uh, Gary left me a voicemail saying, the thing that surprises me about the Tessa situation is not that she gave the Newman gun to her sister to protect her. But that she broke into the Newman's safe in the first place. It doesn't seem consistent with the high opinion that I have of her. Nikki is willing to let bygones be bygones with Tessa, and it just seemed kind of out of t- character that Tessa would also get tough and tell Nikki that she owes her. You know, Gary, I you know I know that you you do like Tessa, and I've liked her in the past too. And I just in my mind I keep thinking this is this is mixed signals is what it is. This is mixed signals could be the name of Tessa storyline arc it, it makes me think that's the name of the game you know that and I don't think they'd be do I don't think Weiner would be doing it if they weren't trying to make a choice about the character Tessa started out as being shady and then they decided to rehabilitate her make her a nice girl 
possibly pair her with Mariah, possibly pair her with Noah, and little by little, even you're noticing that it's kind of falling apart. It's kind of out of character, which says to me they're sweeping up the same way they've swept up with Juliet and Jordan and Graham. I just think, I just can, I feel like Tessa's on her way out, but I don't know. I want to see the poll votes. I want to know if you guys want Tessa to stay around. Also, um, Gary had mentioned, is Paul really going to try to find a link to Victor and the sex ring? I, I, he made that phone call at the very, after the Tessa thing didn't pan out, Paul made that phone call to somebody asking if they could help to, um, I don't know, help link Victor, I guess. Could that phone call have been to Kevin? It seems so ridiculous to me. I mean, Christine had initially made a comment about, you know, it's not too big of a leap. You did have, um, you, did, you did create a double of your worst enemy and have him living with Phyllis, like referring to the horrible thing Victor did with Marco, which, yes, I'll grant you, but I just, it is kind of ridiculous to think of Victor Newman as a, pro, as a pimp. <laughs> But so the question is, are they really going to pursue this? Because this could drop and that'd be fine with me. And then also there's that other thing when Scott and Abby were talking about Tessa's interview. Scott was saying, I don't know. Something seems like there's more going on there. Tessa's body language pulled back. It was almost like she wasn't telling the truth. Did you notice that? Scott said, "Okay, okay, I'll drop it when Abby asked him to. Uh, but at the same time, that makes me think, okay, well, then Tessa knows something more than she's letting on. And is that going to play into the potential, uh, you owe me a favor with, with Nikki and Victor? I don't know. There has to be a reason why Paul is continuing to pursue this. Is Tessa involved? Is he going to work with Kevin, maybe, to, to bust that up? I just don't know. I just don't know. Maybe next week. Oh, Diana at YRChat.com says, I'm happy to see YNR decorating all of these sets for Christmas much earlier than they have in the past. I don't remember if they did that last year, but I know in the past they've waited too long to decorate the various sets. Not only is it more realistic this way, but it gives us more time to enjoy the beauty of the Christmas decor, and it keeps the audience in the Christmas spirit with the characters. I really loved how beautifully the fireplace was decorated at Victor's tree lighting ceremony. I believe even Noah commented on the decor looking like it was from a movie set. I really appreciate the different scenery YNR gives us as the seasons change. Yes, Diana, I know you you appreciate those sets too in the same way that I do. It is beautiful. I do. Um, I even loved like the Abbott living room had some beautiful florals in there. I, I agree. I love seeing all of the decorations. We can, we can never uh, even overstate that this is filmed on a soundstage. They're not outside, and yet they do these beautiful outdoor shots like Chancellor Park. That, that scene, the scenes at Chancellor Park this week on the outdoor cafe with the fire burning in the background, that was beautiful. Or the little stove top. And then inside the homes, we see all of the greenery, all of the Christmas decor. Everyone's decked to the nines. Um, it is beautiful, and we should appreciate those little touches. That's I think that is something that Mal Young should be credited for. He's really brought a lot to the show as far as scenery and and making us feel like this is a fully fleshed out world. Um, so I'm glad, really glad that you noted that. It was indeed beautiful. Uh, and it helps me get into cr the Christmas spirit, considering I haven't even decorated for Christmas. <laughs> 
I did less. I'm doing less this year than I've ever done. I'm I'm I didn't I'm not doing a single Christmas thing, and I feel guilty. But the reason is my daughter would just knock it all over. <laughs> like I don't want to put a. She would just be into it all next year. I'm gonna get into the Christmas decorating spirit spirit. But for now, it's like it just it's just too much of a hassle. It's hard enough to keep her out of everything as it is. And on that note, I have to say congratulations to Melissa Hawaiian our chatter. She had a, a brand. She's had a brand new baby. Um, Nancy and Melissa are mother daughter YNR fans, and uh, Melissa has, I believe, you said two two babies. So they're like a YNR watching family. So that really touches my heart. I love that. Um, so congratulations. My daughter's having her first birthday tomorrow. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, and, and just, you know, I'm, I'm not doing very much. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I have to say, thank goodness for Mrs. Martinez and her family. They, Mrs. Martinez and Mrs. Martinez's siblings and, and grandkids, they're all coming over tomorrow. They're going to help me, like, decorate this whole place in a flash, and then they're just going to remove it a few hours later as if it never happened. Okay, that is the end of my YNR journey for the week. I wanted to say um, thank you also. I had asked uh, last week if, if anybody wanted to leave me a, a podcast review. So thank you uh, to Divine Ms. D, who left me a really nice review on iTunes saying, Allie does a great job with this podcast. Best of all the soap pods by leaps. Well organized, professional, and respectful to all opinions. I'm surprised CBS All Access or someone doesn't spot Sponsor her. Maybe she prefers it this way. We know her opinions are not influenced. Uh, I can't wait for Sundays and keep refreshing starting first thing in the morning anxiously. Uh, so thank you. That was really, really sweet. Yeah, I've got nothing to do with YNR. I've never once been contacted by them. Uh, I don't I, I don't really want to. Like, part of me is I try to keep kind of under the radar because, like you said, like, I don't really, I don't want to feel like I gotta say something or like I have to be positive if I'm not feeling positive. Positive. Um, and you know, just I, I just kind of, I like keeping it chill. This it's just sort of a creative outlet um, more than anything else. The only thing that I would ever want, <laughs> the like one YNR dream that I would ever have would be I want to see the sets. I would love to have a set tour. I don't need to meet a single person. I, I love Eric Braden. I don't want to meet him. Don't want. I don't want to ruin. I don't want to take a chance of ruining anything. The only thing I would ever really like is a set tour. I would love to go. I would love to like stand on the ranch set. I'd love, I just, I would, I'd, I'd love to stand in a camp, the Chancellor Mansion, me and Gary arm in arm hanging out in the Chancellor Mansion. That's like the only YNR related like dream that I would ever possibly have. Uh, maybe someday, maybe for like my 20 year YNR chant anniversary, I'll fly out there and, uh, and, and, and find a way to hang out on set. I looked one time, like, like, what do you, well, how much does it cost to get a set tour? And they don't really seem to do it unless they're, um, like, uh, 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 auctioning it off or something like that. So it's probably never going to happen. But that would be my only, my only little YNR wish. Maybe a Christmas wish will come true. <laughs> 
anyway, thank you so much for the review. Thank you for all of your comments. Keep them coming. YRChat.com is the website. I got the Facebook and the YouTube and the all of the social stuffs and uh, the voicemail, 309-588-4569. Hope everybody has a really good week and I'll see you next Sunday. Bye.